Hey, hey, everybody. This is Sevgi, and I've got my co-host, Nolan. Say hi, Nolan. <laughs> What's up, y'all? And we are coming to you with our very first Together We Stand podcast, and we're super, super excited about it. Um, so just a little information on us. We are a nonprofit, and we advocate for victims of racism, discrimination, and police brutality nationwide. And we do that through education, advocacy, and legislation. And we have been working for the past couple of months on uh, an event or several events that are coming up today, Um, working on getting clemency for Leonard Peltier, who was Mm -hmm. an incredible incredible uh, Native American activist, and so we are here today to, it still is, exactly. Um, Nolan, you want to fill people in on a little bit about his history and why we're doing what we're doing? Indeed. Well, for one, we're talking about a man who is still uh, friends with Mamiya Abdul-Jamal, who was a very powerful uh, still, I guess, same thing. Still, a very powerful Black Panther. Also incarcerated illegally for a crime he did not commit. And uh, Peltier has done so much for uh, Native people uh, and really oppressed people in general, uh, being allies with the Black Panthers back in the day. And. Uh, Back in the mid-70s, there was a uh, skirmish, to say the least, when uh, the FBI uh, started to surround uh, Pine Ridge. And, um, of course, you've been seeing that for a very long time. Leonard and uh, many folks in AIM uh, did not like that, and they... uh, protected their folks as much as they can without, of course, killing the two FBI agents that he was convicted for. But uh, Leonard still, to this day, uh, he has foundations set up for Native children, uh, even so they can go to college. Uh, He's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, You kind of wonder why he hasn't won the thing. Well, war criminals have, so it's kind of weird. Um, but he's a hell of a guy, and he needs to be out in the world like the rest of us. No question about it. And we have 60, maybe 67 days for that to happen. And uh, we need as much, he needs as much help as he can get. And today we are having actions around the country for him on our National Day of Action. And uh, next Friday, we'll be in Washington, D.C. for a, hopefully a short encampment because we'll be there as long uh, as Peltier is either in prison or until President Obama is out of office. So one of the two. But that's where we are, folks. And uh, we would have never gotten this far without uh, Segby Fernandez, my co-host, and we certainly would have never gotten this far with the 
40 years of incredible activism uh, from the American Indian Movement and so many indigenous people fighting for Leonard all this time, including um, Susie Bear, who uh, is also part of our collective, who uh, made the incredible film uh, Warrior, uh, Life, The Life of Leonard Peltier, that we've been showing around the country, including Harvard University uh, this week. And that was uh, kind of a dual effort between one of the native uh, departments and their uh, one of their law departments as well. I just so want to say to our yeah. callers that we we see you. I know you're there. Just bear with us, and we'll get you on momentarily. Um, so I just wanted to say that N- Nolan and I are black activists, and you know one of the main goals that he and I and Together We Stand have is to bring people together across racial, cultural, and religious lines to fight this system of oppression towards people of color in in this country. And, um, you know, it's very sad that we've been divided as long as we have, but I see that shift happening now and you know, to have gone through this experience um, with all of the incredible indigenous people that have helped us um, get this coordinated has been amazing. And, um, you know, it's really part of my life's work to bring a community together that isn't isn't bound by divisiveness, which is certainly what, um, you know, racist white America would like to see happen. And we have, you know, just an amazing group of folks that have worked on this project with us. And um, we're just really grateful and excited to to have this happening. And um, this is Together We Stand's first national action for um, a Native American. We certainly have worked on uh, police brutality cases um, with Native American families, but um, this has been a really great way for us to to learn a bit about their culture. And, um, you know, sadly, I was pretty darn ignorant and still am in a lot of ways because, you know, we we aren't really taught too much about it as we grow up. And And it's pretty disgusting given these are the people, this is their homeland that we're all living in. And, you know, yet we have our children going to school and literally graduating high school knowing basically nothing. So um, I'm really excited and happy that we have all of these different people from different walks of life and races and religions all coming together on behalf of Leonard Peltier and his family. Um, So I'm going to bring someone in on the line. We have a caller. Hello. You're on with Debbie and Nolan. Who is this? Hello. Hello. Anyone there? Hi. Who are we speaking with? Okay, well, I guess we'll wait and see if they pop back into... conversation maybe we're having some connection issues yeah so anyways um 
why don't we go down, um, Nolan, and, and let everybody know where the events are happening today, because we certainly would love to have everybody come out if, if they're able. Um, you know, the more numbers that we have, the better for Leonard mm-hmm. and this cause. Um, well, we have uh, uh, 52 in particular, one uh, in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, Kimberly Ann. And uh, Tonya Honzi uh, have done an incredible job putting everything together um, over there. Uh, AIM, I don't know more, uh, helping sponsor that particular event, and it's in solidarity with Standing Rock as well. Um, so I can't wait Let's to say, see just, pictures. Just for folks that don't know, AIM is the American Indian Movement, and mm-hmm. just, you know, I... I you know, I don't think many people even know of them, so it's just important that we kind of let them know the specifics. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, so sorry I mean, to interrupt. I, I, no, we we need a uh, like a crash course starting in kindergarten on uh, native issues, and we don't even have a <laughs> I mean, uh, any type of uh, starting point or base uh, for the people who should own land. It's very, I mean, it's obviously deliberate, but it's very bizarre. Uh, and the land obviously is still being, being taken away. Um, but uh, yeah, the Minneapolis has done an amazing job. Uh, we also have uh, Olympia, Washington uh, over on our side of the country, secondly being in uh, Bay Area, me being in Los Angeles. Uh, so we are very uh, excited, and uh, we even have uh, actions being set up for next week as well uh, to coincide with our arrival in D.C., so we'll have um, today and uh, then as well a lot of kind of cross-action, you know, either live streaming or solidarity or what have you, which is yeah, you know, the good the internet can be very evil, but this is the uh, the good part of it, showing uh, folks uh, that we can come together and uh, and we wouldn't have been able to do a lot of this without the internet. Uh, I'm always dumbfounded at how you know folks like Malcolm and Martin and Peltier and uh, Bellacourt, Clyde Bellacourt of AIM, et cetera, et cetera, were able to do so much without you know GPSs and the internet and exactly. you know, a lot of it was phone exactly. trees and letter writing. So, uh, <laughs> but we have what we have now, and uh, we try to use it as best we can. I think we got our our caller back. Caller, are you, are you there? Hello. Hello. We're gonna eat, right? Hello. All right. Well, I'll just mute them, and and hopefully they'll work it out again. <laughs> Forgive us for the little glitches here and there. Uh, first time on a podcast, so we're uh, just trying to work things out. But um, so we have Harvard today. Today is that correct? Well, Harvard. Uh, well, Harvard being very, very uh, traditional. They. We're only able to do the screening of the film uh, and not the the action, but uh, we're following back up with them 
seeing that Harvard is one of the schools that Mr. Mr. President Obama and his very elegant wife Michelle Obama uh, went to, uh, so yeah, try to get their attention. And I think, I think that particular screening and of itself may have already gotten their attention uh, without giving too much information away. The Leonard Peltier clemency uh, has been on. I just well, it it, it was on uh, Clinton's desk, and he almost did it. And um, hopefully, from what we've seen, at least from uh, indigenous issues by comparison, uh, Obama has been more proactive than most presidents in the past about stuff like this. Uh, so that is a good thing. And we, speaking of, as we alluded to earlier, we've been working uh, for a while on getting particular schools, cities involved in all this. And uh, getting Harvard was very, very key for that very reason that the Obamas are alums there. So uh, that was very uh very it's a great event. There was um actually I'll post pictures on uh, my Twitter uh at Nolan Hack N O L A N H A C K in a second. Um we've actually had so many pictures. I made the mistake the other night of posting uh the pictures for Harvard in in place of the ones for Minnesota. Um while already posting the ones for Minnesota so I got we had we have so much media to deal with that I got my wires crossed, but uh, it was um, a great event from what I saw. And uh, Susie knows the case so well, uh, Susie Bear, and uh, she's yeah, been fighting for the Leonard's so long. Yeah, yeah, Susie's been, been just amazing. absolutely instrumental in everything. Um, director of and producer of uh, Warrior, The Life of Leonard Peltier. You can see it on YouTube. It's it's extraordinary. And um, she, she's just been great. And so we've had screenings of her film across the country. We had, let's see, and we have events happening um, today at, let's see, Washington State and Whitman both in Washington, Oregon State, um, University of North Texas, uh, University of Austin, uh, Valdosta, um, UPenn, uh, University of Las Vegas, um, USC, USD. Let's see, who else am I forgetting? Um We've got the support of um, American University out in Washington, D.C., which is where we are going to be um, uh, basically uh, creating an ongoing campaign and encampment um, until either Leonard is uh, granted clemency or Obama leaves office. Um, So we will certainly be uh, updating all of the information for that um, as we go along. Um, You can check out our uh, Facebook page, which is at TWS Revolution, and uh, that's our same Twitter tag, um, at TWS Revolution, um, or at our website, 
which is togetherwestand.nationbuilder.com. And um, it's important that we continue. Today is, is the day that we've planned these, these actions across the country, but it's really um, necessary that we continue our education of people uh, and that we push each and every day because Leonard is running out of time. He's ill and not receiving proper treatment uh, in prison, which is sadly nothing new. And, um, and we really truly do need everybody to get involved. This is not a Native American issue only. This is a humanity issue, and we need to uh, really work on getting our communities back in touch with that. It's such an individualistic society that we have sort of grown accustomed to um, living in, and um, that in and of itself is uh, a huge shift that that really truly needs to happen if we're going to see this outright racism and uh, discrimination and imprisonment of innocent people um, end at any point in our lifetimes. And sadly, with our uh, president-elect, uh, that battle has now uh, become even more uh, critical and difficult. No uh, no uh, surprises from that uh, area uh, in his mind of if a person like Leonard Peltier would actually be freed. So uh, it's... But as clear as day uh, for folks, anybody who knows Mr. Peltier uh, of, of this case, uh, this is it. Uh, all hands are needed on deck, and uh, he's less than 70 days to get out of prison. And uh, if he doesn't get out of prison, as I've said this over and over and over and over and over, and over again, uh, he'll probably die in less than a year because of the health problems that have been exacerbated by the fact that they're not treating him um, for really much of anything medically. Uh, he's had a stroke, which has made him blind in one eye. He has an aneurysm, heart condition, uh, diabetes, and they're not treating this stuff. Uh, and the same things happened to Mamia Abdul-Jamal. Um, and I sp- spoke to Leonard's uh, one of Leonard's lawyers uh, who uh, knows the Abdul Jamal case and worked on it, um, and he said that legal legal action is the only thing that can work for Mamia. And I was I distraught when I heard that because I you know, want to do something for the brothers done so much for us, but uh, at least uh, would Leonard hopefully with uh, what we're and so many have been doing for Leonard, uh, this can open uh, another door for someone like Mamiya. Uh, and if there, I mean, maybe there's bright sides to everything, but uh, with if there's a good thing of Trump winning, it wakes more of us up. So the more of us that are awake. Uh, the more of us who know about Leonard Peltier and Mia Abdul-Jamal and uh, even the folks uh, still active in uh, in society, uh, like Clyde Bellacourt, 
Dennis Banks, uh, Jay Winter Nightwolf, uh, and so many others uh, in uh, helping uh, Native people, uh, pushing for solidarity between Native and Black people, and solidarity between all oppressed, oppressed races in general, which is so key because I say it all the time. It's uh, we've been trying to get free individually. You know, we talk about. Uh, Black people, Native people, uh, women, Hispanic people, etc. Uh, the system's too powerful for us to do it alone by ourselves. You know, we have to do it together. And the numbers are there. We just actually have to get to the table and do it together. And this is a key situation uh, to start. Uh, and uh, we can kind of take uh, advice from Leonard, you know, to be in solidarity with each other. And uh, one thing, uh, solidarity in general, uh, we, every second uh, available, uh, we are in solidarity with Standing Rock. And uh, I actually read something, speaking of solidarity, not to, <laughs> not to pump up my own friend, but uh, I was reading... A, an essay by uh, a brilliant, I would say, activist, uh, Kevin Cooper, who is actually in a cage right now, a.k.a. Death Row, and he's been there for a long time and has suffered his own ridiculous amount of injustice. But long story short, he is incredibly intelligent. Uh, I've been to college campuses around the country, and the guy, I mean, you can go into classrooms and say, okay, Kevin's smarter than that professor, Kevin's smarter than that professor, Kevin's smarter than that professor. And this guy is on death row, you know, not allowed internet access. It takes him a month to get the phone. Uh, to get the phone. And he writes something like, uh, I'm just taking, this is an excerpt from an essay called Custer Died for Their Sins. Uh, quote, uh, they are gathered in North Dakota to stand up and peacefully fight for their human rights and against oil pipelines being run through their sacred lands and underneath their lifeline, which is their water. Now, most people in the United States have no idea what Kevin's talking about. And Kevin, again, is stuck in a cage uh, and was nearly killed in 2004 with three hours and 42 minutes on the clock. But this is a man who is I'll read a little bit more. Quote, black lives matter, red lives matter, and there's a potential for something great to happen out of this historical oppression of these two proud and long-suffering long oppressed peoples are coming together in dignity and solidarity and working together for our common good in this real, very real fight for our collective humanity. As the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King when stated, it's better to walk in dignity than to ride in humiliation. Our dignity, self-respect, and self-worth will no, will no longer allow for us to be humiliated by the powers that be. And that uh, is uh, part of Kevin Cooper's incredible essay, Custer Died for, our, uh, Custer Died for Their Sins. That's on SaveKevinCooper.org. That's a whole other situation of racial injustice. Uh, but the point being that 
that's what solidarity looks like. That's the power of it. And uh, again, pumping Minnesota and uh, Kimberly Ann and Tanya Hosley, uh, they've done an incredible job and I can't wait to see what's going on there today. Uh, with uh, the solidarity with Standing Rock and uh, for Leonard and that's going to be such an incredible event. There's like 10 different uh, native inter- uh, uh, entertainers performing uh, along the uh, action at large. So, uh, solidarity is, it's a, it, it's kind of a buzzword in the, revolutionary community but it does mean so much because doing the work that we do we've so often seen the opposite of solidarity uh exclusion instead of inclusion uh you know so often brothers and sisters will be uh, annoyed when they hear native people say native lives matter which is understandable to agree to to a degree because black people have been getting stuff hijacked from us for 500 years. But what we don't understand is that there are other group of people just as bad off as us and have been just as bad off for us, as us for the same amount of time. So the exactly. saying and that's, native, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's how they keep, that's their, that's the division that has been, uh, put in place to keep us divided because divided we are much less powerful our voices are uh, you know much weaker and uh, you know we don't as long as we're we're ignorant and we keep ourselves and our communities ignorant of these facts uh, hey we're doing the job of the system for them Um, and it's it's I can't stress enough how important it is that that we all get involved. You know, um, Black Lives Matter is is a movement that was necessary. Um, and, you know, there's always the folks that say, well, all lives matter whenever that comes. You know what? All lives do matter. But until Black Lives Matter and Native Lives Matter and Latino lives matter, Asian lives matter. Until all lives matter equally, then then it's it's a necessary uh, phrase. It's a necessary movement. And uh, I don't believe I've ever come across anybody, any person of color who has said, you know, no, all lives don't matter. You know, only our lives matter. You know, that's not the point of any of this. The point of all of this is to really bring attention and light to the huge inequities in this country when it comes to race, be it education, um, employment, uh, access to health care. I mean, the the list goes on, and there truly is not – there just is not equality across the board. And, you know, my father, um, Dr. John Peter Fernandez, he uh, was born extremely poor in uh, Massachusetts. And um, he uh, 
went into the military and served his country. Uh, he graduated from Harvard, uh, magna cum laude, and then graduated with his PhD at the University of California. And he was a Black Panther. Um, and, you know, he, you know, is an amazing man and, and a true testament to um, what folks need to do. I mean, yet you have to make it happen for yourselves and for your community. Sitting on Facebook, sitting on Twitter, um, and complaining really doesn't do anything. Certainly when we're having dialogue, it helps to bring education and, um, and uh, there is definite value to that. But movement and action is, is what's so important. And I wanna say to uh, the listeners that uh, there are many ways that you can get involved in uh, this process uh, if you want to help particularly with the Leonard Peltier uh, case. Um, you can sign up for that. Um, on our website, we have a volunteer button. Uh, you just click it and it, it takes your information and it gives you a list of things that you could get involved with um, through our organization. And um, by the end of the day, we will have a, a specific link uh, if you'd like to help uh, with the Leonard Peltier movement um, and in trying to get him clemency, we are uh, trying to get people across the nation to send in postcards to President Obama asking for him to grant clemency. Uh, we're happy to send you uh, the PDF if, if you would like just to do one for yourself um, or print out a few for your neighbors, your friends, your family. Um, if you're an organization listening and you have a broader audience and uh, believe that you could uh, get significantly more postcards sent, then we certainly can ship them to you and um, do it that way. So there's, you know, the, the, it does not take a lot of time to um, pop a postcard in, a, in the mail, but in numbers, it truly could help. And, you know, that's what people need to, to recognize is like, you know, I hear a lot of times, you know, what can I do? One person, what can I do? Well, one person plus one person plus one person, you may be that last postcard that was needed to push it over the edge, you know? So it's just, it's vital that we, um, we get involved in whatever we can. So, well, you, and um, one person, Leonard, is a, was a great example of that. He saw horrible injustice to indigenous people, and he decided as one person to join the movement, and he's still inspiring people 40 years later from behind a, a, a bunch of bars. So there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's pretty amazing, and I... I myself have um, a person in my family, my sort of adopted mother whose husband, um, my Baba Jihad, he uh, he died in prison um, for a crime that he did not commit. And 
um, he had cancer and was not properly treated. And it's just, it's a real terrible shame. Um, but I want to right now um, bring on uh, somebody pretty incredible. Uh, we've got Peter here. Peter, are you with us? Yes, good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, yes, Peter. How are you doing? Hi, Nolan. Hey, good so, morning. Um, Peter, do you want to do you want to tell the listeners uh, who you are and 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 what you what you do in regards to all of this? Yes, uh, and before I start, thanks for having me on. And uh, I was able to listen. I was able to listen while I was driving home, and it's, I appreciate the show very much. Um, it's inspiring. Oh, awesome! And this is Thank you needs, so much. This is what this is what needs to happen everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm Peter Clark. I'm a co-director of the International Leonard Peltier Defense Committee. I share that responsibility with uh, Carrie Ann Boucher, who's Leonard's niece. And so we have a board of directors and all that, and uh, we reformed this committee. There's always been, for 40-odd years now, there's been a Peltier committee. Um, of course, the... Uh, the staffing and so forth and leadership has changed many times in that over the decades as people have moved on with their lives, gotten sick and passed away and, you know, of old age, um, it's a long time people have been fighting here for Leonard's freedom. So we uh, reorganized with Chauncey Peltier and Carrie Ann and myself and, and formed a board of uh, longtime colleagues and supporters of Leonard's and so our website is who is info and we are all in touch with Leonard either through email or phone and and we uh, I get to visit probably I try to visit every season so for the last 3 years I've been visiting about 4 times a year with Leonard down at Coleman and so um I'm trying to uh tie into some of the things you have spoken about um you mentioned the postcards. We have those postcards. Uh, we have printed over 50,000 and and distributed that many. We're on our second printing. We're waiting for for more to, from the printer. Postcards that are ready made to go to the White House, addressed to the White House, and, and folks, uh, you know, put their return address on them. What we have been doing around the country is uh, sending out about 100 to 200 of these at a time to individuals who. We'll collect them and then send them back to us, and we put the postage on it and put them in the mailbox individually to the White House. Um, we thought that would be better than sending a package of them in, and you know, let them deal with each one individually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, huh. so we did. We did go through that fifty thousand. Of course, it's hard to tell how many actually went to the White House or or how many were saved in souvenirs. Um, but uh, through our office, we've stamped about ten thousand of them. So that's encouraging to know that those are flooding in, and, and then there's uh, groups like yourself who are adding to the to the numbers uh, of correspondence to the White House. We really feel that that is the simplest and the most important thing that folks can do from their house is call the White House comment line. I call every day when I have my coffee, uh, 202-456-1111, and you simply have to say, uh, I support clemency for Leonard Peltier. They have a, they almost automatically know what you're talking about, and they 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 put another check mark in his column. So, um, uh, and then um, I know Nolan has mentioned the encampment that's uh, 
going to start soon in D.C. Uh, we're excited about that and appreciate that effort. We have a full week of events planned in D.C. Uh, from December 4th through December 11th. <clears throat> we have what we're calling the um, 2016 Human Rights Week, uh, Indigenous Rights and Clemency for Leonard Peltier. So there's a whole week of events happening at that time. Um, starts out the week at the um, Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian on the 4th in the afternoon for a welcoming and uh, uh, greeting by uh, Chief Billy Tyak, who's the hereditary chief from from that area, from, the, from those lands. Um, and um, then on Monday we'll be uh, we'll be uh, having our first vigil at the White House from 11. And each day that week we'll be at the White House for a uh, few hours of a vigil. So we'll be there from 11 till 2 each each day of the week from, from the 4th to the 10th. And um, with our drum and uh, speakers, soapbox, so to speak, uh, talking about Leonard and the importance of his... Uh, his case and need for clemency. Uh, then the first event we have uh, is Tuesday night, which is at George Washington University. And we'll be screening Warrior, which I know your group has been screening, and, and Susie Bear, the creator of the uh, film, is involved with your group. Uh, so she'll be coming down for that. Uh, we just confirmed that this week. Um, she'll be coming down uh, for Tuesday the 6th at George Washington University uh, 6 o'clock is the doors open for that screening and a question and answer session. And P- um, Peter, is there a yeah. website that people can um, go to to get all this information? And we're happy to put it up on ours as well. I just thought maybe we can uh, let the listeners know where they could go to to yeah. look this stuff yeah. up. Absolutely. Our website is whoisleonardpeltier.info. And on the front page, there's a link to the full week schedule. Um, and also Warriors right there on that front page, or it's up, it used to be it's on one of the pages. But really uh, interesting is that there's a, a tab for United States versus Leonard Peltier. And if you get into that, you can spend hours reading his case documents, uh, trial transcripts, appeals transcripts, and really get a feel for some of the... Uh, some of the blatant injustices throughout his his, uh, his case. Yeah. This, okay. This, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. It's interesting you you talk about the the case because uh, yeah, I've known about it for a while, but I didn't delve as deeply as I I have. Uh, uh, of, as of recently, and it's just uh, it's just one of those things, you know. You, you, it still happens uh, with associate. You talk about it, an indigenous person or a black person, justice is just thrown out the window, and things are made up. Uh, you know, the the shell casing didn't match the alleged shotgun. You know, it just it goes you know, on and on and on. Uh, his two. Uh, Co-defendants in the case that ended up two different trials, uh, they were acquitted, but Leonard somehow uh, was pegged. And uh, if you study, also if you watch Warrior, uh, or you study uh, his life, uh, the government was after him uh, well before 
uh, you know, <laughs> the whole the whole shebang happened, uh, and it's. I mean, looking back, it's it, you say, well, I guess it's not really surprising. It's just it's depressing, and it's you know that's what we need to stop. And getting Leonard out of prison would go a long way uh, for the movement at large, and uh, especially for indigenous people. Uh, you know, there were rumors yesterday of the pipeline getting a major green light from a certain individual. And then later on, those rumors seem to be a little unfounded, but the point being that, you know, their, their land that really any of us right now on the call or listening is on right now, or the land that the government actually considers to be the land is still being taken away. Uh, and that's why Leonard was fighting uh, in the seventies and uh, was, he had his, feet uh, dug in the ground with his colleagues colleagues uh, with AIM uh, without shooting any FBI agents. Uh, but that's the fight that he's still fighting from prison. Uh, and, and we need to, I don't want to say, I might be, I pay him back, but we need to, we need to show him what he's doing is, is not in vain, but, and get him out. He needs to be out. He needs, and he also needs to be treated medically. Uh, which is important, so he can live uh, a longer life. But uh, and and P, I mean, I've said this to you before uh, in private, but uh, I'd say it in public. Uh, thank you, Peter, for all the work you uh, have done for Leonard uh, and uh, everybody in the defense committee. And um, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Leonard's children. Uh, whoever the honor of uh, talking to and, and getting to know uh, Chauncey Peltier, his son, who is an incredible artist. Uh, he actually helped uh, create mu- uh, murals of Leonard's artwork uh, in, Min- in Minneapolis. For the, uh, we did a screening and having an action today. And uh, also Kathy Peltier, uh, his daughter, who's been fighting for him for a long time. And, uh, wants nothing more than his father her father to be uh, out in society with her. It's yeah, just, Kathy uh, Peltier had a wonderful career, Amnesty International. I don't know if you all had a chance to see that, but uh, originally it came out through Amnesty International on Father's Day, and then it was picked up by Time, Time.com um, around his birthday. Uh, just, uh, you know, really telling about how hard it's been Devastating has been not to not to know her father, because uh, you can imagine it's hard to have a relationship uh, over over three thousand miles away and and over forty forty years distance, you know, uh, as it is for all children of incarcerated people. So we're working hard to get uh, Kathy and uh, some of the other children uh, or and relatives of Leonard to D.C. for that week, uh, particularly for um, December. T- Seventh in the afternoon, we have a press conference at the National Press Club with Leonard's attorneys, uh, former uh, Civic Rights Commission, U.S. Civil, Civil Rights Commission uh, for the Rocky Mountain region, which includes South Dakota. John Dulles will speak about just the climate on Pine Ridge and the other reservations and the overreaction of the federal government and militarizing the local police and uh, 
that all led up to the build-up that led up to the shootout uh, for which Leonard's incarcerated. Uh, Norman Brown will be there. Norman was uh, only 15 years old at the shootout, and uh, he was coerced afterwards, coerced, tied to a chair with guns in his face and knees to his throat while his mother watched uh, to uh, to sign an affidavit or sign a statement that he saw Leonard down by the agent. That's all That's all he really uh, signed was a statement saying that he saw Leonard down by the agent with a group of other people. Uh, but they use that, uh, they use that to uh, introduce that into evidence. Uh, but, but Norman had recanted that and, and said that he was coerced by the time the trial came around. So he'll be there for the press conference also. I think it's very important for for him to be there and to participate because he can really speak to, he was part of the shootout. He can speak to, he knew Leonard as a kind person who looked out for people. Uh, and, and he can uh, speak so, to the tactics of, of the federal yeah, government exactly. and what the yeah. lengths that they'll go through. When you exactly. see what's happening at um, the Dakota pipeline and I mean, is it reminiscent in your mind as to, you know, what sort of led up to what's happening or what happened with with Leonard? Do you, well, do you see any parallels in how they're well, managing well, it's, things? I think it's very much the same thing. I I, I mean, yeah. the uh, the details and the the scenarios are, are vary, but it's the same thing. It's a land grab. It's uh, no consultation with the... Uh, with indigenous people, the wonderful thing here is that the whereas Leonard was fight, Leonard and everybody was fighting against a corrupt tribal government here in Standing Rock, you have an excellent and uh, just incredible chairman and, and uh, leader there supporting the people. Right. Uh, that's right. the main difference. Otherwise, it's, you know, so absent the uh, the uh, militarized tribal police. Uh, you know, it's pretty much the same situation. Uh, but uh, yeah. at least at this point, at least at this point, there's been no. You know, everybody. It seemed like everybody was armed back in the '70s. You know, uh, both sides. Right. You know, right. Uh, right. Leonard and his contemporaries, the Black Panthers, had to arm themselves to protect themselves. Um, sure. And and so when I watched the live stream from that Thursday, the 27th. Uh, when it was the uh, when they pushed the camp out the forward camp, I was really amazed at the uh, really beautiful restraint that people had. Where you know I think anybody in that situation would, would just want to throw a rock at one of those guys or something, you know. But you know they stood oh, yeah. their ground and you know they they it's just incredible. So and it, very, you know it's clear they they are pushing it and they are I think trying to instigate some sort of violence on behalf or on the part of the natives just to justify, you know, moving forward and, um, and potentially killing folks and, 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 you know, other, I mean, there've been people injured, horses injured. I mean, it's really quite just devastating uh, what we're seeing go on there. And I can't imagine um, what it was like for Leonard and the folks uh, back in the day, but it really does does show us how uh, how you know little we've uh, progressed as a country um, 
from then till now. And I really do feel hope, though, because, I, I mean, watching what is going on at, at Standing Rock and the incredible leadership and the incredible um, determination and peace uh, is, is just, just amazing to me. And I think is <clears throat> an incredible example for all of us on, on, on how we uh, as a nation can stand up and fight for our, our rights and to do it in a way that is actually, you know, they're, they're making progress and, and they're not buying into uh, the game and, and getting baited into a situation where, uh, you know, somebody can get killed and, and then they can justify it and, you know, I, I'm really happy that we have social media and all of this going on, or I'm quite certain a lot of people would be dead by now. And, you know, sadly, we uh, you know, see this happening on the streets on a regular basis with police officers and people of color. But um, I, we have about 10 minutes left on the show, and I know we have Susie Bear um holding on the line. I'm going to bring her okay. into the conversation if that's okay with you. Um, but I'm Absolutely. going to keep you on too, Peter. Thank you. Susie. Susie hey, are you how are us? you? I am. Hi, fine. Hi, fine. Hi, great line, great show. I'm... Nice to hear everybody. It's nice Thank to have you, you here. And, um, so Susie um, is who, the wonderful woman we've been discussing all hour who uh, – made the documentary Warrior, The Life of Leonard Peltier. And, um, she, you know, she's been fighting for this man's freedom for decades. And um, we're really grateful to have had uh, you be a part of all the, the organizing that we've been doing. And um, just in, in general, um, you're quite an inspiration, uh, you know, to me as a woman um, activist and um, just really, really grateful to have uh, had this chance to get to know you and work with you. And so I'd love to give you um, a chance to maybe talk about how um, you came to the point of, you know, wanting to do this documentary and, and, and anything else that you'd like to say um, about that process and about what's going on now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, it has been a huge pleasure to uh, work with you guys also. It, um, you know, Peltier's popularity has um, ebbed and flowed over the years with uh, with activists, um, always there, but not always um, so highlighted. So it's been really amazing. Um, you guys are so organized and really getting things done. You are an inspiration to me, absolutely. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about how the film got started. Um, I was a film student in New York City, and it was my last year of school, and I had to make um, my thesis film, which is a substantial piece of work in order to graduate. And I decided I had known that I was an activist, and I knew that I wanted to make a documentary. And what I really wanted to do was make a film about something that I didn't know anything about. It would force me to learn a lot about a subject that I didn't know much about. One of my interests um, then, this was 1980, the late 1980s, 
um, and I didn't know much about American Indians. Just didn't know. Mm. Didn't didn't do much research on my own. Didn't learn much in my primary education. And so I started looking around, and I found Peter Matheson's book, In the Spirit of Crazy Horse. A friend had, um, I had talked to friends, and, and this book was suggested to me. Um, interestingly enough, at the time, In the Spirit of Crazy Horse by Peter Matheson was being sued by the federal government and the FBI for libel, though their case was unfounded. Um, but it kept the book off of bookshelves. So uh, a friend of mine was working at the copy shop at um, Columbia University, and he was making photocopies of the book. It is a substantial book, and he was making photocopies with Peter Matheson's blessing. Um, And so he gave me a bootleg book, and I read the book, and I thought, oh, well, certainly someone has made a film about this. And uh, that was not the case. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do my best on this. And I started working, and I found the people, and I worked very hard. It was insane. And I, I finished it and um, created this 20-minute piece um, about Leonard. And with that, I got a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, National Endowment for the Arts, and I got a lot of money and then realized, oh, wow, I'm really going to have to do this. And I dug deeper. I contended with people uh, saying to me, why should you, a 22-year-old woman, make this film about Leonard Peltier? Shouldn't a Native person be working on this? Who who are you to do this? And I thought, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Who am I to do this? <laughs> um, but yeah. I thought, you know what? No one else is doing it, so I'm going to keep going. Someone else can right. can make their own film, I uh, but I'm going to keep going. Um, it was it was very challenging. Um, I, when we were shooting, filming on the reservation, um, there were people who we spoke to who were victims of the goon squad who we spoke to who were still living with goon members on the reservation at the time. This was 20 years later and less than that. Um, and they were still contending with that. Um, I'm a white person. My white crew were from New York. We came onto the reservation. We, I had a, a, I had made a friend who lives on the reservation, and she was sort of my ally to the community, and she, she vouched for us. And us New York filmmakers came on ready to shoot some interviews, and we quickly realized that that's not how it was going to go down. We needed to get to know the people and be very respectful and learn what they knew and understand their feelings about it. And we all just took it down a few notches and moved much slower and much more consciously. And that's one of the, one of the things that has made the film what it is because we were forced to look at the whole story and deal with the people on a very intimate level. And they allowed us there. They were um, very, very generous to us. Um, one, and, 
and we got a lot of interviews. We a lot of people shared a lot of very uh, difficult things with us, and I, I'm forever grateful. One of the interesting things after I was, I would say, three quarters of the way uh, through with making the film, um, I had found out that Robert Redford had uh, funded a documentary called Incident at Ogallala. It wasn't called that yet. Um, with Michael Apted as the director. He's a Michael Apted is a very famous director. He did the Seven Up series, Seven Up, Twenty Eight Up, and um, someone who I respected. And I, I thought, wow, okay, so someone is going to do this who's not me. But I've really gone quite far in this, so I'm, we'll just have two films. Um, actually, I, I contemplated stopping, so I contacted the producer and. Um, and wanted to find out if they were really going to make this film because if they were, I I would work with them, or I would stop. I you know we could work together. I was assured 100% this was not happening. It was all a rumor, and it was not going to be. Uh, no one no one else was going to make a film, and uh, that was not true. Um, several important players in the story were paid a significant amount of money to not be in my film. They were, uh, I, and I don't blame them. I, you know, um, one of them was uh, Bob Rabadou, who's a, a significant participant in the story. And I was like, Bob, come on. And he, he said, you know, I can't, but I will help you. And Bob was an incredible help to me. He told me things. We flew. He um, connected me with his father, Bob's father, in Portland, Oregon, and who was also Leonard Peltier's uncle. So I, um, Bob Rabideau and I flew to Oregon together. And on this plane, sitting next to Bob, he told me the whole story, all of it. And it was fascinating um, I feel like I really got to know what had happened. So anyway, people were very helpful. Um, a lot of filming. There was, we found a lot of racism on the reservation, any, any, or in South Dakota, in Rapid City. Um, and it took a long time to actually put the film together. It's a, it's a, it's a comprehensive story. There's a lot going on. Um, I felt pretty strongly that you couldn't tell Peltier's story without telling a bit of the history of um, the U.S. government and, and Native Americans in the, in the 1950s and the relocation policies and what was going on to create the American Indian movement, similar to the Black Panther Party. Um, and so the film really tells his, the history and um, and brings into light the energy interests, which is so you know today, um, and the energy interest that was sort of the cornerstone of the shootout. The the FBI agents wouldn't have been there if the the federal government and the multinational corporations weren't interested in the energy interests on the reservation. Um, an aspect of the story which I consider to be the cornerstone of the story, um, which is not mentioned in um, Michael Apted's film, Incident at Ogallala. Um, 
and that's a, I don't know, that's a little summary of uh, of what was going on. And so the two films, I find the two films complementary. Uh, mm-hmm. You were worried that you were worried. I understand at the time you were worried about two at once, but uh, now, now with the hindsight of history, it's important that they both exist. I agree. In, Incident at Ogallala is beautiful. It's it's I I have seen it several times. The they had um, better equipment than I did. <laughs> they had a lot more money than I did. Um, Michael Apted came to the reservation in a helicopter and did his interviews and had his films crew the crew film. Um, anyway, I do I I I like the film. I think the energy well, interest aspect is notably missing. Well, we're glad right. that you ended up making the film, not stopping. Thanks. Uh, because it's done a lot of good uh, even to this day. Uh, I had uh, I think one or two folks at uh, different schools say, oh, the film was like, uh, oh, it's, it's from the 90s? I'm like, it holds up. It could be from 2016. doesn't matter. And then, of course, after we screened it, I was like, yeah, okay, you were right. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> So that's the the power of uh, Susie's film. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, I, I it's an it's it's an amazing film, and I think that you bring up an interesting um, issue, which is, you know, how do people that are not of one race sort of get involved in helping another race without stepping on toes? You know, and I've mm-hmm. seen this, you know, as a black activist. You know, I, I I mean, there's a lot of um, dynamics at play. Um, you know, I I'm mixed. My my mother's Northern European. My father's black. Was a Black Panther. Um, and and oftentimes, um, in, for some in, in the black community, I'm not black enough, and so I'm not wanted. And you know. Uh, Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of times where I've experienced um, uh, sort of white people coming in whom, um, you know, very well may have great intentions but are not sensitive to um, the fact that we are the people experiencing this and and um, that it's necessary to, I guess, know where your place is in the process. And and I think, you know, we all, you, myself, and, and Nolan all had conversations at the very beginning of this saying, you know, hey, mm-hmm. we really want to help Leonard, but we are not Native. And so it's really important that we seek out leaders in the Native American community to to sort of guide this, to mm-hmm. guide us, um, and to be, you know, the leaders in a sense of, of of what we're doing, because it certainly isn't our story and it isn't our place. And I think we've been very successful in that aspect. Um, and and I'm very grateful to, you know, the many Native people that have stepped up to offer us advice and to help us uh, with this organizational process and you know we um we reached out to the native american 
um, student associations at colleges across the country, and that was basically was our intent was to to have them organize on their campuses um, a screening of your documentary and then also an, uh, a peaceful rally, spiritual rally for November 12th today. And I, I think we did a great job and were very successful in, in doing that and really allowing each school and each group to sort of um, – <coughs> let it evolve in a way that was right for, for them. And so, you know, but it's it certainly, you know, that is a, that is a touchy line that, that comes up a lot in, in sort of doing racial justice work. And, um, you know, I think a, a lot of it has to do with us sort of, being pitted against one another and divided by the government for so long that like our our first um, sort of inclination is to not trust someone outside mm-hmm. of our race and um, and so that you know that's the challenge and and that's you know why together we stand our organization just um, one of the pillars that we have grown ourselves on is is, is how do we come together in an inclusive way um, and with everyone having a place and a voice in, in taking down this system of, of oppression. And so, you know, I think you've done an amazing job at that. If I may interject, you, you know, there is a lot of distrust and it is, as a as a white person, I understand that, and it is my responsibility, I feel, to earn the trust of whoever I'm dealing with and respect the the lack of trust. Um, and, Sevji, I think you are amazing at including everyone in the most respectful and thoughtful way, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It's, um, it's just great to see. Thank you. Well, thank you very um, much. Thank you. Not to interrupt, and that that Segby is amazing at that. I just happened to see a, a, a video of I only saw it because I was tweeting out uh, the show. Uh, Tara Hauschka, she was just uh, who's she? She I, I don't have enough words. There's not enough English words in the, uh, the language to describe her. How wonderful she is! Uh, but uh, she's a native uh, activist and revolutionary, and she was. She's in North Dakota. She just got freed from jail after being strip searched and placed in a dog kennel for six hours. Um, and she just said on Facebook that uh, the police, at least told her that they uh, are not going to issue a dispersal uh, notice in terms of people for people to disperse that are, and they quote, going to arrest everyone. That's what the police oh. told her. Uh, but uh, I've just, Tara, like Leonard, uh, would I mean uh, they put their lives on the line every day uh, for the movement and uh, their people, and to see that happen to her, uh, I mean my blood's boiling right now, and uh, that's. That's just another example of you know what you know Leonard 
still has to go through to this day. Um, and it, it's, it's, I mean, this is this is what people do not get. I mean, the some the Laura Schilling, speaking of uh, queens uh, who are native, uh, she told me once that uh, in order for people to understand that our lives matter, they have to know that we are still here. And when I first started to become an ally or advocate, or whatever the heck you want to call it, for indigenous people, I went with the hashtag Native Lives Matter. Um, but when Dolores told me that, and she hosts a wonderful uh, show every Friday uh, called Native Trailblazers with her husband, uh, Vince Seling, who's the uh, editor at uh, Indian Country Today, uh, the top uh, Native uh, news outlet in the country. Uh, I kind of thought, like, yeah, you, my gosh, that's ridiculous, but you're right. Uh, one, people do not understand that Native people are still here. There's over 5 million of them just in the U.S., not counting Canada and South America. Uh, but then once they that finally clicks in their head, they need to realize that these people are still going through arguably the worst genocide in the history of the world that's lasted over 500 years. And these people are thought of as animals. To put a human being in a dog kennel, in a a, really a dog cage, uh, for fighting for their own land and their own resources, is it defies human logic. It defies human rights. It it defies anything good and pure on this earth. And I think that's why everybody on this call, everybody who is in support of Leonard Peltier is fighting so hard for Leonard Peltier because he's an example of that entire uh, genocide that still goes on to this day. I mean, you could see he, he's not being treated for serious medical ailments that a lot of which were created because he wasn't being treated like a normal... I mean, everybody needs to see a doctor every now and again. <laughs> well, yeah, People there's a lot... I, to interject on our website, there is a, a statement from a doctor in 2000, updated in 2016, of, about the history of substandard care that that Leonard has received in prison and how it's you know led to some of his current problems. And uh, and I had visited with Leonard about two years ago, and he held his abdomen and said, you know, there's something not right in here, something's going on. But it took 14 months for for the prison to to even diagnose his his current uh, uh, aortic aneurysm, um, so and and we we have gone through really a hard time. Leonard getting his medical records sent to his lawyers, uh, just the nature of the bureaucracy, but also it just feels like foot dragging on their part of the BOP to get those because we want to get them reviewed. Uh, his aneurysm records reviewed by, uh, you know, maybe outside physicians such as the Mayo Clinic where he went to for his jaw surgery in the 90s. But mm-hmm. that took three, it took three years to get him to the Mayo Clinic. You know, so it's a long, long, uh, hard fight to get the proper care. If I would, I just want to throw back to what you talked about earlier about the Black Lives Matter. I was at Alcatraz last year for the Indigenous People Sunrise, the Thanksgiving. And um, uh, a real important part of that morning was um, 
after we read the uh, statement from Leonard, um, they had a statement of solidarity from Black Lives Matter. And uh, that was really an important moment. And it's actually, I've been able to see it trickle through um, um, that solidarity into connections that that we've been able to make uh, with Black Lives Matter working on behalf of Leonard Peltier and, of course, the other political prisoners um, that we're trying to get clemency for. So, uh, and I know that Black Lives Matter um, in D.C. has uh, been helpful in promoting. So for the for the Peltier D.C. week, we're really focusing on a mass turnout on December 10th at 5 to 8, 8 p.m. At, at the Ellipse uh, Candlelight Vigil for Leonard. And um, groups like Black Lives Matter have helped greatly to, to spread the word in D.C. You know, I'm here in New Mexico trying to, uh, organize an event in D.C., so I really had to reach out to those local groups, and the response has been overwhelming, overwhelming and, and heartening. Uh, gives us hope. Uh, Absolutely, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what what we can accomplish all coming together um, for this. So I, I wanted to, um, we we have to wrap fairly shortly here, um, but I wanted to let everybody know that um, we will be broadcasting again today at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 Eastern. Um, we will be uh, hopefully having some of the folks on the ground at the different campuses calling in to let us know how things are going, and um, we will have some members of Together We Stand who would like to call in also and, and, and speak on these issues. Uh, so we want to uh, make sure that everybody knows to, to tune again at uh, 3 p.m. Terrific. And uh, in the, yeah, in the meantime, um, if you are interested in uh, getting involved in one of the events that's going on today. We will make sure that uh, it's up on our Facebook page uh, at TWS Revolution. Um, and I'm sure Nolan will be tweeting things out, as will I, throughout the day. Um, uh, so, yeah, and if, again, if you would like to get involved um, in uh, – helping this process as we move forward. Um, uh, by the end of the day, there will be a volunteer um, uh, point on our website in which you can choose to help uh, specifically with the Leonard Peltier case. Um, we have also uh, many different ways that uh, folks can uh, get involved and volunteer on a regular basis. Uh, on our site, which is togetherwestand.nationbuilder.com. Yeah, that uh, it's, it's it, it is important for folks to uh, support things like this and whatever it, it is in, in the movement, especially if we're talking about things. Uh, with this type of urgency, whether it's Standing Rock, uh, whether it's uh, you know, Peltier, 
uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's already very cold in North Dakota, and any supplies, cash you can get over there, please do so. And the uh, same in D.C. Obviously, not nearly as cold in D.C. yet, but it will get very cold. Um, so any supplies and cash you can donate uh, to us in D.C. It's definitely needed. Uh, yeah, and, we're going mean, to is... make it pretty easy for people to do so. We are um, working on a, a staging location in D.C. Um, where we can uh, just give everybody an address in which they can purchase and have the have supplies for the winter shipped there. Um, and there's also um, uh, going to be a donate specifically for that um, um, encampment. We'll have a specific donation page for the Leonard Peltier encampment in D.C. if you want to just donate money. But um, it's certainly we, uh, together we stand, uh, pulled together money from um, many of our wonderful followers and um, members of our organization to help get some of our uh, Native American um, uh, TWS members up to Standing Rock and um, that was great. And then we also had uh, people uh, purchase supplies via Amazon or wherever and have them shipped to um, different people who were traveling up to Standing Rock because it's not exactly like you can ship straight there. And um, so we were able to get some supplies up that way. And we will uh, be launching another uh, uh, Standing Rock supply drive and um and we will be launching a supply drive for washington dc all within the next week so uh that will uh, the information will be on our facebook page and um on our website um and we invite we invite everybody to join our our facebook group together we stand um it's an awesome group private group it's an awesome group. It, it is a private group, um, and uh, if you ask to join, you'll receive sort of a, a questionnaire. Um, and if you can just send that back to us, and um, you know, we're happy to have you be a part of our our community. Um, we do that because we want it to be a safe community where there are no trolls. There's no um, mm-hmm. disrespect. And um, and and so we we prefer to grow at a slower pace and have everybody be safe. And we we have been very successful in that so far. And um, you know we we certainly invite everyone to join. Uh, we do actions on a regular basis for the families that we serve uh, who have either lost po- people to police brutality or uh, people who have been discriminated against either in the workplace or at school, and we certainly can use um, all the support and volunteers that we can get. And um, if you would like to donate to our advocacy causes, you can go to our GoFundMe page. It's uh, Together We Stand 
uh, and GoFundMe. We certainly could use it because we are an all-volunteer-run organization. Uh, not one person has ever gotten paid a cent, and um, we never ask the families that we help for anything. And um, so there's my spiel for uh, for Together We Stand. Had to get it in there, and I'm really excited that we are having, you know, our first ever podcast um, today after all of this incredible work and organization uh, on behalf of Leonard and, um, you know, just really, really been an amazing experience. And, um, again, we will be back on uh, today, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 Eastern, um, the phone number to call in and uh, speak with us is area code 516-666-9942. And, uh, of course, we will be posting that as we uh, go throughout the day. Um, and we'll also have a live uh, Facebook feed going at the same time next time. So you can sort of see uh, as, as we are recording. So, um, does anyone else want to say anything before we close? Uh, I'll just say, uh, uh, Tara, wherever you are, I hope, I hope you're all right. Uh, mind, body, and soul, Tara Hauska, uh, and any of the protectors at Standing Rock, uh, stay warm, stay safe. Uh, I'm all good every second. Of every day uh, until that pipeline is defeated. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, incredibly brave people there, and um, I can't imagine going through what she went through. And we're definitely sending our strength and our love in her direction. As is my five-year-old who's sitting here with me, <laughs> trying to be a, the next radio host. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so with Excellent. that, I think we will um, we will close down shop for now, and we will reconvene at three o'clock. And um, I don't know, Susie and Peter, if you're able to call back at that time, um, we'd love to have you be a part of it. Well, I will thanks. try Thank for you. sure. And for yeah, for everyone, too. anyone listening on the East Coast, that's six o'clock East Coast mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Did I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah, and um, we're really we're really excited to update everybody on on how the events uh, on the West Coast are going, and and maybe they'll still be going on in the East Coast at that time. And we're hoping that we can speak to some of the students who've been integral in um, organizing on their campuses. So we're really looking forward to that. And um, once again, yeah, I, I want to. Thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'd also at the on our next uh, time slot, I'd love to share some of the um, thoughts and comments that I've gotten from Leonard's lawyer, uh, Cynthia Dunn, who um, she and I have been emailing over the past few days about you know what's going on and what the the legal team has been doing on his behalf. I think that would Indeed. be absolutely excellent, excellent, excellent. So we will we will. See everybody at three o'clock Pacific, six Eastern, and uh, thank you, 
Thank you, uh, Susie. Thank you, Peter. And thank you so thank much, you. Nolan. Thank you. It's been awesome. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Indeed. Bye now. Bye. See you in a bunch of hours. Take care, everybody. All right. Goodbye.